What is up, everybody? I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And, and we're the, the block. block bros. bros. Fuck you, bros. <laughs> it was going so well. We almost did it. I, I feel like that one was on purpose. You should have seen his face, guys. He was like, he waited me out. He knew what I was doing. Like, That's your fault. <laughs> hey, it's, all, it's all my bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the, your least favorite podcast, Block Bros. and Against Podcast. Uh, Tom, tell me about your week. Um, you know, pretty good week for the most part. It was a pretty good weekend, you know. Um, we played Yorkburg and we rolled terribly against goblins, you know. So that was like the start of my weekend. I, uh, to be fair, I was rolling to hit them. I just couldn't roll to damage them at all. So it was a <laughs> it was a bad time for like everybody. And now my character is wandering aimlessly through the biggest city in the world. Other than that, um. <laughs> <laughs> went to a reptile show the other day and um like i've never been to like a reptile like convention but like you know there was like everything there i've never seen like a five thousand dollar snake before but like yeah they they're crazy you know i wandered out uh i i of course i ended up buying something so i bought a leopard gecko and his name is sebastian um uh, i don't know if you cute. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's going to show up as shit if I, like, show him, but, like, he's he's just such a cute little guy. I was going to bring him out, but holding on to him, and I feel like trying to, like, talk is going to be physically impossible, because he will wrestle around <laughs> for the first few minutes, just climbing about, but, man, I just seen him, and, you know, it's one of those things where you hold something and you fall in love, you know? I was like, I'm already attached to this little leopard gecko, so I had to walk out with him. <laughs> That's adorable. And like the the fact that uh you did it in, in like negative like fifteen degree weather is is crazy. Like I can't believe they even had the convention in that that kind of weather with reptile. <laughs> oh yeah. No, the guy who bought it from, I'm like, so like, is it like cool if like cause he had two people there, I'm like, could could they like hold him while I load everything like into my car and then you just wait by the entrance at the very end and I just, you know, park up and get him because I didn't want to carry him like freaking a quarter no, yeah. mile all the way back like that'd be uh, just dangerous for the the fucking gecko right? <laughs> honestly right i held a praying mantis for the first time too i almost bought him because he was so cool i was like i've i've never held one before but i've always wanted to so that was like one of the coolest experiences i've had like i've never been into bugs but mantises are really cool too so yeah they're really unique in the in the bug category for sure I uh, what did what did I do? I ran the Muirkberg adventure as I always do. Yeah, uh, I was really tired. I've never this, this is just like a fun little fact. I've literally never slept before a Muirkberg adventure that I run. Like I don't know why. Like I just like stay up really late by accident or I I get too drunk or something. But like I always get like an hour of sleep before I run it. So I'm always just like fucking the worst exhausted person during the adventures. <laughs> so I passed out like literally right after. Like they they finished the adventure and I was like, okay, cool. And I just went to bed. Like mm-hmm. when people still have my house. <laughs> um other than that, I've just been doing a lot of school, which has been absolutely dumb and hell i don't understand anything that i'm learning but that's fine i just have to get through it um they have us applying for jobs and stuff so i'm having like some pretty bad imposter syndrome i'm like i don't i'm gonna get like into an interview and be like i don't even know why the fuck i'm here kind of vibe (laughs) so hopefully it works out but uh yeah that's pretty much all i've been doing is just school 
uh, streaming and, and uh, hanging out with you guys. But yeah, that's that's me right now. Um, let's talk about what game we picked for tonight. Do you want to do you want to introduce it? Uh, yeah, we're talking about Slay the Spire. It's a really cool roguelike dungeon crawler deck building game. Like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of categories, and that's because it is like thrown <laughs> into one fucking game. Um, so Slay the Spire, like I said, it's a roguelike deck building game. It was made by um, Megacrit. Um, you play as one of four different kind of characters on your way to the top of a spire, essentially. To be honest, like we normally cover a lot of storyline, but I, I'm going to tell you already, there's there's not going to be much to say ahead of time, but like, it's a really cool concept for a dungeon crawler, and it was my kind of first experience kind of with like a deck building game like this. Not like I haven't played a lot of deck building games before, but I think they really did a good job with this one. So, For sure. And actually, Tom introduced me to this game a while ago. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even remember. Like, when we first were toying with the idea of, of having a podcast, he was like, you should play Slay the Spire. Like, I think you'd really like it. You should, you should play. He's mentioned to me probably like 30 times, dude. I swear to God. And, yeah. and I just like didn't. I was like, yeah, when I, I have it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But uh, I've been doing this thing lately where I realized I have far too many games that I've never touched. Like I have like, I don't even know, a library of probably like six, 700 games easy um, across all platforms. And I'm just like, I, I save a lot of games because I think I'm going to play them on stream. And then I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get to all of these games on stream like at most i play like one new game a week which is a lot for most people and that's only 52 games a year so like it's i'm never gonna get through all of them on stream you know what i mean so i was just like i'm just gonna start playing games that i don't think i'll play on stream by myself when i'm up late at night with depression (laughs) so i started playing slay the spire and honestly this entire week it has been a crippling addiction (laughs) for me (laughs) i cannot stop playing it but I, i agree with tom it is a very interesting take uh, as I'm sure you will hear and see later in the game on a, on a roguelike, for sure. The deck building aspect is just so wild with it. But uh, with that being said, I think for the first time ever, we're going to skip the storyline because there is no storyline. <laughs> Get to the top of the spire. That's yeah. the story. Like there ain't... We couldn't find anything on the storyline. You play one of four four characters and you try to get to the top of the spire. There you go. There's the storyline. I did for 40 minutes through Reddit pages and fucking everything, y'all. Like, I was like, where are you, Slay the Spire? Because I know, like, most roguelikes are, like, really hidden and have, like, deep kind of hidden story. But, like, nope. None on this one, I will tell you. I was like, damn. Okay. It okay. is, is kind of wild that there is no story. I, I totally agree with that. But, but uh, if you know, if you guys know something we don't, make sure to let us know on our, our socials or in the comments or whatever. Um, with that being said, we're just going to jump right into graphics and art then. Graphics and art. And I will pull it up on the screen next to us. And, and uh, Tommy will take the reins on graphics and art. You want me to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead. It's been, it's been really cool. I, I love how this game looks again. It's another like kind of hand-drawn, uh, art style kind of game, you know, like all the cards are unique and especially fit like each of the characters you play as, I think, I think all the enemies backgrounds and everything are really cool ones that I haven't quite, I mean, you know, you see your typical ones in dungeon crawlers. I think this one goes a little bit beyond that. I mean, such as like a wishing fucking whale. 
Like I've never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I've encountered him a lot. So the... yeah. Every time yeah. I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, it's you again. <laughs> yeah, it has like it just has like this kind of like I- I'm not sure how to describe this art style, but it's a it's a really cool hand drawn one. It kind of reminds me of like a more better version of the Don't Starve, just in more of a medieval dungeon crawler theme, but done better. I don't know. I think that's like the best I can kind of describe the art forms of this game, you know. But definitely. I think that it's incredibly unique. Um, I, I don't have anything I can compare it to directly, but I will say that it is a, a unique looking game. Um, the enemies are all really weird looking. Your your characters are very weird looking. It's like it's like Tom said, like there's a lot of fantasy involved with it. I mean it's called Slay of the Spire. I would I would put it in like a, a dark dungeon kind of art style. That's definitely what I would I would as- assume that it would be. Um yeah almost there are some points there's not a lot of movement in this game i'll say that there's not a lot of traditional movement like when you think of a a roguelite there's all this like movement and and like a lot of effects and stuff but with this game it's different because it is a deck builder game so you get the traditional like uh like when you're playing like Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasies or, or like any JRPGs from like a while back where you like do something, you know, so you have turn actions where it shows like your character barely move and slash and it does like a certain amount of damage. Like that's what the graphics look like in this game. And to me, usually that'd be like something I'm not inherently interested in, but something about the the way this game actually looks and plays and how smooth it is really brings it over what I usually have an aversion to in those types of games. Like I really like the art that they chose for this game because it's simple, but it fits what the game's about. Yeah, honestly, I really like the way like all your card abilities always look in this game because like each one you can instantly tell like when you cast your card ability, you can see it clearly on the character which one it does. Like a sword slash looks like a sword slash fireball is looking for fireballs like it's very uh confirming effect you know and i just i really like that kind of stuff you know it, it kind of reminds me of um i don't know it it reminds you of a kid when you used to play card games and you wish you could imagine how they were real and how they would turn out to be and this is how they would kind of look in your imagination i think you know so definitely yeah cool. i definitely don't think that this game blows my mind with graphics i will never say that Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play this game for the graphics. The The things that they have in it are very cartoonish and they look cartoonish, but in a, a very appeasing way. Uh, like I said, there's nothing crazy or major going on. Most of it's like standing still, like, like bouncing up and down, kind of like that kind of vibe for animation. Uh, the backgrounds are very stagnant. But you'd, again, I wouldn't play this game specifically if you're looking for a graphically intense game. I would honestly right. I, like this. This may come across as negative, but I do not mean it in any negative connotations. I would compare this game's like graphics to like a mobile game almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could get away with a mobile port. No problem. That's definitely what it reminded me of when I was playing it. But also it suits the game itself. Um, what I will say is that there is a lot of text boxes in this game. Um, not in a bad way. Like you don't have to read because it's not like a story thing. But like if you want to know the effects of something, you're going to have to read it. So if that's not your thing, then I totally understand. But uh, if you ever played a card game like Magic the Gathering, uh, Hearthstone, <laughs> uh, yeah. Glint, was it Gwent? Yeah. Is that the Witcher? The Witcher one? Yeah, like it, TFP, Gwent. Yeah. yeah, Gwent. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like those. Those. It's all very similar to your traditional card 
or deck builder games uh, with the fact that the the graphics and the text are are similar to that. Yeah, honestly, like if you've played any card building game, you kind of know what you're getting into learning a new card kind of game, you know. This one is definitely more about like, I think this is like the most simple kind of take on a card building game you could have out of recent time than in a fact that I think like a 10 year old could probably pick it up and have no problem with it, which is saying, I mean, granted, like a lot of, I feel like 10 year olds can pick up any kind of card game now and play them. But you know, like, I mean, I feel, I feel like you're stuck at the 10 year old part, Tom. <laughs> Calm down. I'm sorry, but you 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 see them enter those Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments, and you see like them go up against like a 25 year old, and you're like, you don't <laughs> know what you're them. getting into, boy. When your best card is like fucking, oh no. I'm sorry, you're gonna get comboed out of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, there's not much to say about the graphics and art. It's a very simplistic game, but it's simplistic in a good way. I I, I stand by that. It kind of reminds me of a mobile port. That's that's definitely my biggest take on the graphics and art for sure. Did you have anything else, Dad? No, honestly, this is like a. I think it the simplicity of it plus the dungeon elements kind of give you an overarchingly beautifully hand drawn game that gets the point across. By the way, I entirely blew out all of that in that sentence so (laughs) 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 well jesus christ well with that being said this is gonna be our worst rated episode i get i guarantee it uh with that being said let's move on to sounds and music sounds and music I'll I'll take the reins on this one, Tom. Don't worry about it. Uh, Sounds of Music, I, again, really feel like the sounds of music of this game uh, are very well done. They're very, again, simplistic, but in uh, a way that complements the game and the elements of the game. I mean, like, when you attack something, it makes a a sword sound. You know, when you hit him with a spell, it makes a spell sound. When you get gold, there's a gold sound. When you get a potion, it sounds sounds like you're drinking a potion. You know, it sounds trying to like move my glass you can hear the water or the drink in it sounds like that you know it sounds like wetness uh when you enter a shop actually this is my one of my favorite parts when you enter a shop the shopkeeper goes like like it's like a little like shopkeeper sounds so like the the sounds work out really well even if they are incredibly simplistic they make the game uh better by default the music is also really good. Uh, I will say it is a little repetitive, but I didn't seem to mind it. I turned it down a little bit and just played the game. Um, like, barely, you know, it, this game is really simple. So you can just, like, lean back and play it and not have to worry about it. So the music being repetitive didn't wasn't a, a drawback for me personally, as I know that other games where the music is repetitive, it gets really annoying. Yeah, honestly. it. Uh, I think the music suits this game very well, honestly. Like... It kind of, after a while, I find myself, like, will listen to other music, but that just comes after a long time with playing any game. I I feel like this, you know, you'll just kind of, like... But it, it, it doesn't, like, ever feel bad listening to this game, if that makes sense. Like, I played it recently for an hour, and it was enjoyment, just pure listening to each of the sounds and the music in this game. I thought it suited the art style very well. Yeah, I feel like that. Like I said, I feel like they complemented each other incredibly well. Like everything about it is is super simple, but like not in a uh, bad way. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, let's move on to features and content. Features and content. So, um, for everyone who doesn't know, if this is your first time on the podcast, features and content is kind of where we throw everything that doesn't quite fit in nicely into another category. Also, uh, at FYI, this is probably going to be a shorter episode as this is a smaller game. Um, with that being said, Tom, where do you want to start with features and content? Ooh, uh, definitely. I like to always kind of start on like the bed, bread, butter, main kind of draw of this, which is definitely deck building to me. Like, I mean, the sure. whole entire like, um, this kind of feeds into everything later, but I personally like, and I know Sean too, we grew up like playing like Magic the Gathering and going to like tournaments and playing like card games and stuff. So to like me, this is a super, you know, appealing kind of game, you know, like just any kind of card builder, but I've never quite seen one in the rogue kind of way that this kind of plays off. And I think that adds another level of uh, deck building in that. And what I mean is you start kind of like with like your base kind of deck, right? You know, each of uh, the character you choose has their own kind of deck, but you build it as you go through the dungeon, adding cards, subtracting cards, like putting better ones in, trying to get better combos out. And that feeling is just so addicting in this game. You know, it makes you just want to come back and experiment. Like, no hand you get ever feels the same. And the rush of getting, like, such a good combo to, like, one-shot some, like, really hard enemies is, like, prime in this game. You know, it just, it never gets old. Building a new deck, building a new hand, adapting your style and play style to, like, suit this game it's such a good like thing for this kind of rogue style game that it just it fits it perfectly and i can't believe nobody's done it before definitely i i mean i have a lot to add but it's basically we'd be repeating the same thing so i apologize in advance but like we did grow up playing magic the gathering i i still do uh we and like i played a lot of other card games uh, i played hearthstone i played uh you know trying to think like other card games but like what what i think tom nailed is is there's definitely i've never seen anything that combines roguelike and deck building like that is completely for it those those two things do not sound like they should ever be in the same zip code much less game you know what i mean like that's Mm -hmm. that's not those are two foreign concepts but uh this works effortlessly because it takes the the idea that you're slowly getting better and when you die you lose everything and it's a new adventure and brings that to deck building which is what i think is so addictive because for me uh the reason that i fell out of playing a lot of deck building games is because it's so repetitive like you hit a meta everyone wants to do the same shit all the time it's boring in this game every single like time you play it no matter what character you play no matter what challenge you face you're gonna have a completely separate deck you're going to get better or worse things depending. It's completely, it's that, it's that element of randomness that just adds that like chef's kiss to this game for sure. For me anyways. Um, I know that a lot of people like, you know, structure and rigid, rigid baseline stuff. The element of randomness literally had me playing this game till like 7am the other day when I had to get up at eight. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like playing it and I'm like, I died on one of the boss fights and I was like, I could probably do another run. Like it's fine. Yeah. I just want to see what happens next time. You know, it's it's that thing that keeps me coming back is the the element that it's never you never get the same deck every single time you play. It's it's so wild 
and uh also just like the the roguelike elements as well keep me going uh the, the random chance encounters the special items the curses the status effects which we'll get to later all of that just keep the, the chance that you might get any of that in any run adds so much to this game that you wouldn't get from playing hearthstone you know what i mean yeah it's honestly like probably one of my favorite deck builders i've played recently which is why i've been trying to get you to play because i'm like i know you're gonna fucking get addicted to this shit just because like it's just it never it never gets stale you know you're never using like the same deck which in like face to face it's fine but over online when you're just doing the same thing over and over again it just it gets it gets boring after a while you know so i i I personally and this is just a hot take i personally don't understand people that like have like even when i did play like magic in person with my friends like i would always bring like chaos decks like things that would just fuck up everything i don't i i live and this is this is true i've said this on the stream all the time i live by one specific rule if i can't win i'm going to spoil <laughs> right and if you ain't playing planes chase with your friends you're playing your decks wrong because like that adds so much level of chaos that everybody hates but i personally love it's like basically magic the gathering adds mario kart rules so you know Makes no sense, and it was beautiful. Get some plain chase cards if you play Magic the Gathering, is what I say, and fuck over your friends' decks. Yeah, and this is not, we're not paid by, I wish we were fucking affiliated with Hasbro. Uh, No, but we, uh, along the same lines, go get get fucking Jumpstart. Jumpstart's really fun, too, for veteran or new players. It just makes oh, you yeah. combine two random decks into the same deck and play with that. So it's different every time. It's, it's like this, but the deck building concept is really important. And um, just so everyone's on the same page, there's four main characters. Everyone has like different like things that are unique about them. All their cards are unique. and But basically, you have like strikes, blocks, abilities and skills i think or no powers and skills like those are the four basic card types and every character has individual components built into their kits that play through to one of those four things but that's it's a basic deck building thing like tom said any any kid could pick this up and play it and have a good time with it even if you have no idea what you're doing it's super simple you get you get three basically you get three mana or energy or whatever a turn to start with and your card has a little number on it and if it's less than three you could play it <laughs> it's that simple yeah it's brain it's, dead easy yeah it's super simple to understand and really like it takes a, quite a bit of thought to adapt your strategy and get the perfect combo every time like so i love is like no matter what you have to constantly be adapting your strategy in order to get to like the top of the game and that's what I kind of like, and that's why the randomness comes into it because, like, it just it, it it's so different. The amount of times you have to adapt as the game goes on, you'll kind of like get your base hand and kind of know how to play and get the combos. But your combos are going to get even better, or sometimes even worse, depending on your draws. And like, no matter and what, your choices and your choices yeah. too, they make a big difference as well. But I I completely uh, agree with Tom that that like it's it's really simple to pick up and really difficult to do really well yeah and i think that that's i think that that's a really uh a nice concept for a game and especially for a, it really 
I will say it embodies all the aspects of, of all the, the genres that it's going for. Like it embodies the, the aspects of deck building that you want and embodies the aspects of, of roguelikes that you want. And I think that's really cool to see because I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh man, it's the main draw of this game and it's ever addicting. Like it'll, it'll keep making you want to come back. So. All right. Sick. Well, let's talk about uh, another main component of the game, which is the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of briefly mentioned that earlier, but just to get it a little deeper into it, there's four main characters, guys. Uh, there's the Ironclad, which you start out with, the Silent, the Defect, and the Watcher. Um, each of them, like we previously stated, have different base decks and different uh, base abilities and different base stats. Um, and then... They all have different like play style. I would say they all have different play styles. I'm not an expert on this game, but I would say they all have different. They all feel different to play because I played all of them and they all feel different to play. I don't know if that means that my play style adapted or if they actually all feel different. <laughs> yeah, no, they are definitely all so different, and that's what keeps you wanting to come back and play each one of them and make sure you get like a run through with each one. You know, yeah, definitely. And and run throughs, by the way, guys, are not crazy long i mean like uh so basically you want to get through three different acts i think and at the last act is the last boss so uh i would say like it's like an hour hour and a half to get through the entire game in one run uh you probably won't get through it in your first run but if you do you're better at this game than i was but it's not a terribly difficult game to grasp and understand and the play of it is is not incredibly long which i thought was amazing yeah, I mean, it's it's about an hour to get through, like, I'd say if you want to, like, beat the game, you know, most playthroughs are going to be shorter because, like, most of the time, I'd say your first, like, probably, like, 10, 15 times, you're probably not going to make it through the first run, you know? But, well, that and it's completely situational. Like, you might get a better better deck sometimes and a worse deck other times. So, like, it is completely, there's a randomness factor to actually completing the game, which which plays a part in it as well. Um, but did you happen to have a favorite character, Tom? De- defect, probably. Like, the wombo combos he can get are really cool with his orbs. Like, I, I, I really like playing him, you know, like, I don't know, he could just like generate like a lot of stuff with him. And it just led to some really good combos, like, especially like early, like you can, without like picking up a lot of cards, I remember I could always just make it through like the first boss fight with him, just no problem, you know? So yeah, definitely. I I actually recently have gotten decently into defect. He's he's not my favorite, but he is a close second. My favorite would definitely be the silent, which I think is like a crowd favorite as well. Um, just because like it's super simple. Like a lot of your cards cost zero, and you do a lot of damage and a lot of poison damage. So like like you said, how you could just always get through things pretty easy. I feel like um I wombo comboed like. I, okay, so this is this is just like a humble brag. I was playing it the other day, and I was on the second boss, I think, and it had like 400 health, and I did 400 health in one turn. It was ridiculous. Like I was like just, I got the perfect hand, and I was just wombo comboing so hard. And I, I literally like it was like 4 a.m. and I got up out of my chair and I was like, that was so sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny when it's just. Poison, stab, 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 poison, 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 stab. Like, like <laughs> and, and like everything costs zero, so you can just keep throwing things at it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of just broken after a while, you know, getting the perfect. But honestly, you'll get that one hand, and the next fucking hand in the next match, you might get absolute shit. 
Like it, it, you never fucking know what you're gonna draw, honestly. Next kind of hand, and uh, you know, unlike Magic the Gathering, you can't redraw your fucking hand. Like so. <laughs> well, some cards give you the option to redraw your hand, but that's a whole yeah. other thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say intricacies. Of there's no mulligans. Into... Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no mulligans when you draw your first hand. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah, the amount of cards, like, and the amount of times you go past a merchant, like, sometimes I find myself just getting rid of, like, cards and, like, just having, like, just a, such a small amount that I can just, like, enter, like, a really good combo almost every time, no matter what, just because, like, I have such few cards that I know work really well together, and it's, like, really nice to, like, build your deck based on your character and based on your situations, just knowing that and knowing this game, you know? And also based on, like, what you want to play like. Like, that's a big other part of it. It's just like, like you were saying, like, you can, like, remove, like, we'll get to that, too. Like, you, you can remove cards from your deck via certain means in the game. And, like, so if you don't want to get the chance of having that in the hand, you can remove it. You know, statistically, you'll have a better chance of getting the hand you want then. Like, it, it is a really interesting way to uh, design a roguelike and a deck builder uh, to, to make sure that you, you, you got to be chronically thinking about this game is roguelike and then also be like, but it's also a deck builder. <laughs> right. So I, I think that's a really cool way of handling things, but yeah, no, to, to get back to the point that I was making that there are, there are four main uh, characters and we went through them, the, the ironclad silent uh, defect and watcher and each of them are different. So if you're looking for a specific play style or a specific kind of character, there's definitely options there. And, um, personally the only one i didn't like was ironclad because i just thought it was kind of boring yeah I, it's definitely a lot of sword and fire strikes you know like it's a lot of a lot of he has a lot of good moves but his costs are really high so i think he's a lot harder to play and get combos off right away so definitely but when you hit you hit like a truck so like it, it, it there's trade-offs but like that's what i'm saying there is a little something for everyone in this game i would definitely say um Moving on from that, what would you like to talk about next? Um, probably like uh, there's definitely like we mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about the deck building, but the statuses and curses you can get in this game. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really cool thing. I think this game adds, and um, that basically means is um, some are by turn like basis um things, so they'll like affect like just your fight you're in but some of them affect like your whole game and some are just either debuffs or basically buffs uh i'm not it's so crazy because some of them like absolutely fuck over your whole game plan out of nowhere like you'll be running and you'll be having like the best run you've ever done and then you'll get a curse and like absolutely your deck just never works anymore because like it literally just minuses the one thing you need Welcome to this game. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a that element of randomness giveth and the yellow element of randomness taketh away. Uh, right. It's it's very interesting, I would say. Uh, I think that another part of this game that is very interesting that's related to what we're talking about right now is when you are playing, the game is incredibly transparent about what your enemy is going to do and what the enemy does. Like uh, be, before you start to your turn, it'll show what they're going to do on their turn. Um, and like, usually that would sound like, oh man, that sucks. Like I would, I don't want to see that. I want to be surprised, but like it really, this game would be impossible to play. I feel like, or like way harder to play 
without knowing what your enemy is going to do and what that effect actually does because you have to be able to plan for it otherwise you are absolutely fucked especially with the limited amount of cards you have in your deck limited amount of cards you have in your hand and the limited amount of uh cards you can spend per turn you want to make sure that you get the, the greatest outcome you can with the small amount of leverage that you have so the game does a really good job of making um things transparent and easy to understand uh and that includes the 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 statuses and curses for sure yeah uh obviously like the i think like it's so annoying sometimes just getting like them stacked in like a fight like you'll just get like several like uh of the status effects that just like are like oh okay no you just cannot cast anything in your hand because you have such little mana you know i've ran into one that just subtracted mine by one and it was like the most annoying thing because i could cast nothing i was like okay i just die here good i love this game (laughs) (laughs) i think the most annoying annoying okay actually the most annoying and and yet, at the same time, the most fun one that I ever ran into is the the Sneeko. If you ever, they're called like Sneeko. It's a specific enemy. They mix up the cost of all your cards in your deck. So like cards that were like super useful that I ran, especially with like the Silent. A lot of like I was talking about everything costs zero, and I love it. Like they all the cards that usually cost zero now cost three. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, God damn it! I can't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the worst, honestly. But also, it's made it a lot more fun because then I could play like cards that usually cost three for zero, and like it was, it was a lot of fun. Like it, it was terrible and awful some of the time, but also the other half of the time it was like really fun. So I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. Um, gotta think on your feet constantly, you know. Anything else you want to add about uh, statuses and curses, though? No, honestly, they'll either completely give you something awesome, which most of the time, like, feels like it, it definitely adds, like, something, but I swear the debuffs feel so much worse in this game. Like, I always remember curses and debuffs over everything, like, bonuses. Mm-hmm. Like, so. Yeah, you remember the bad more than the good. I feel that. Also, right. you gotta, um, that, that's where we were talking about earlier. We were talking about, uh, how there's ways to remove cards from your, your deck. So, like, if you get a curse in your deck, uh, you can remove it via means a random encounter or a, or a, you know specifically a, a merchant at a shop can remove it so that's why I, earlier when i said oh yeah you can remove cards we'll talk about that later that's what i was talking about you can remove cards that affect your deck negatively as well as positively yeah honestly it's it's really just a matter of like getting the right thing at the right time and making sure you can manage your deck appropriately is like this game is basically about I say at the core of it, deck management as you go, like, and I really like that. It reminds me of like, um, if anyone has ever been to like um, a magic thing where you're building a deck, you know, and you're playing in a tournament right there with it, except imagine you have to like build the deck and play with it as you go. Like, and that's pretty cool because that's almost nostalgic to me, you know? Definitely. It, and uh, I forgot what I was going to say completely. But no, it definitely uh, it builds on itself in a way that I don't think a lot of other games do. Like It keeps you keeps you consistently learning, which is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's impossible for me to get bored of that game because it just like it changes consistently and it, you know, adds and subtracts and, and things aren't always going to be the same. And I think that's really cool. Uh, along the same lines, I wanted to talk about uh, relics and blights. Relics mm-hmm. are simply put things that affect 
your game, like little objects you get that affect your gameplay. Um, and blights are, are relics affect them generally positively, and blights affect them generally negatively. Like that's uh, you can get them either at the end of fights with with uh, regular opponents or at random encounters, or you can buy them in the shop. So like you can choose what they are sometimes, or they randomly will just get added to you. Every character does start with their own personal relic that. Um, affects their gameplay as well and as far as i know and i i didn't look up these statistics or, or like the actual gameplay about this but i've had a lot of relics and i never found a cap to it i had like 20 at one point so no you can know. just stack them it, it gets ridiculous so it's just another thing that affects your gameplay in a, either a positive or a negative way um i think relics are incredibly important i use them a lot in my gameplay but I, i'm interested to hear if you do as well tom yeah, I mean, relics are definitely the way to go, especially with the way you're building like your deck. It's important to get like the right ones, you know, the right buffs you need. And blights are just terrible to get because those also affect your game the entire game. Like when we were talking about debuffs and the status effects earlier, except during like not just the fight, it's the entire round. So like blights can equally fuck you over as much as relics can boost you to another level, you know. Definitely. And and that's just honestly everything in this game, I think I think the main thing is that everything in this game is dead simple. And when you hear someone talk about it, you're like, wow, that sounds complicated. Like most people think about most average people I know who aren't my like close friends, when they think about like the deck builders, they're like, That sounds complicated. But like when you actually look at this game, it's just like some things affect you negatively, some things affect you positively, and everything is a jumble fuck of randomness. That's the game. <laughs> right. And and like the only way to get through it is to play it, and it's it's totally so much fun. Uh, along the same lines, and one more thing to mention that there is there is potions in the game that again some affect you positively, some affect you negatively, and mm -hmm. you can you get to choose when to use them, and they usually only affect that like turn or round or encounter. So they're temporary. I would assume that it's easy to just describe them as temporary relics. Honestly, yeah. Like, all those, like, they basically fit in the category of, like, a lot of status effects that affect your game, but each in their own, like, separate yet meaningful way that they are distinguishable and have, like, just as good or bad effects as one another, you know? So. Definitely. Uh, was there anything else you want to talk about in uh, features and content? Uh, probably, uh, just a couple things to hit on. Like, uh, if you've never played, like, the Ascension mode, this is, like, even, like... If you want, like, even more, like, reasons to come back, like, if you think this game is already not hard enough, which, trust me, getting to the top of the spire is going to challenge you already, but there's an even harder mode called Ascension Mode that just adds, like, even more challenges and even harder, like, modes in this game just to, you know, fuck with you even more. Like, enemies are definitely harder and they'll throw way more curveballs at you than you were ever expecting so sunshine mode is not for the faint of heart let me tell you definitely i think you fully covered it there. i don't feel like i need to add anything else i mean uh speaking of game modes though i will say that there also is a, a daily run mode if if you like oh, really yeah. like this game and you just really like uh you just want to you want to have to choose things you just want to like get thrown into a game um there's a there's a run that changes every day that across the world everyone has the same run and gets the same deck and blah blah blah, blah. and you can play that and see if you can get the leaderboards and get rewards with that too so if this is your type of game and you really like deck builders um daily run mode is a really cool option if you don't have much time and you just want to play it or challenge yourself into something different 
Right. Yeah. It's really cool to see those leaderboards definitely change every single day, you know, and like, like the community behind it is really cool. And just saying like that, like, I think like, I mean, this game is available on multiple platforms and I'm not saying this to boost steam, but probably get this on steam if you can. And that's because the community on it is fucking awesome in this game. They've made custom enemies bosses and characters for this game that you can just download right from the steam store and let me tell you if you already like the four characters they add like fucking 20 you know that you can play as and download and fucking just add more to this game it just it's begging for you to come back you know and the community behind it is really something cool to behold you know something like that's like I mean, it's in other games, but the amount they've allowed in that you can, like, mod in and mod in, like, really well, and the amount of care people have put into the cards and elements of this game, it just, it adds to it seamlessly and perfectly, I think, you know? So, yeah, it's anything from something really serious to really funny, and it just is really cool, you know? 100%. And to add on to that, like, the it's just, like, the community aspect of this game, um... I was talking to someone who I had never talked to before. I was in a, uh, my friend invited me to their Discord that I never been in. I was in a Discord. They're like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm trying on this game called Slay the Spire. As dude just like lost his mind about it. He's like, I fucking love Slay the Spire. And like, and like everyone else in the call, there was like four other people just all of a sudden turned in, like, I love Slay the Spire. Like, so like it's the, the community behind it is so incredibly passionate and driven to make this game the best it could be. And it's just so cool that you, uh, like, I, I had never played it. I had never talked to anyone about it. And Rand randomly the, the first time i played it i met a bunch of other people that played it so like it is a really interesting unique concept especially behind something that i don't think a lot of people really give credit for which is deck building deck building is uh overlooked a lot of time because like like we said like you get into the meta it's really boring and people who usually play it are kind of snobs most of the time but this deck builder is completely void of all the things i hate about deck builders <laughs> yeah deck building games stop being fun when you stop building the deck and this game, you never stop building your deck. So it's always fucking adding something new and fun, you know? Yeah, or just changing your deck completely and, and making it start over. Like, that's that's always fun for me. Like, like we said, the element of chaos is a huge part of the game itself. Yeah. Awesome. Was there anything else you want to talk about for features and content? No, I think that's basically all I can really think of covering this game, honestly. I will say that um, the last thing I want to add, I think I already mentioned it, but just in case I didn't, uh, there is three, I think, levels with one major boss at the end of the level. And yep. um, it is, it's kind of like a pick your own adventure up to the top. Like you basically get to just click where you want to go. And it's like every click is, is a different thing. There's either an enemy or a shop or a random encounter or a, a big enemy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really dead simple and there's no right or wrong way to play it it's very choose your own adventure style which i like a lot and i don't think we mentioned that so i just wanted to make sure everyone was aware yeah it it really just adds to even more of the roguelike kind of fun elements you know they keep you wanting to come back you know it kind of feels like uh, when you go when you're doing like a dungeon crawl and I don't know, like say like enter the dungeon, call to the lamb, dead cells, like any of that kind of stuff, and you get to the next room. The next room is just a different encounter every time. Like that's how it feels. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about movement and controls. Movement and controls. 
along the same lines with the storyline in this game, there's not much to talk about with movement and controls. Uh, nah. I have played it with both a mouse and keyboard and a controller. I would prefer it with a controller, but my controller is broken right now. Um, so I had to play with mouse and keyboard. Uh, basically, it's just point and click or yeah. controller, point and, point and click. Kind of like control and click, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you control a card game? You know, it's just, yeah, super select easy. Tar- select target. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> that, that simple. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It does. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it took me out of the game at all to do that. Cause like, I mean, we talked about other games, like I think it was like episode four or five where we talked about swag and sorcery. That was a point and click game that I just could not get into because the point and click felt kind of clunky. This game's point and click is very flawless and very smooth. Um, you, you do not feel clunky at all. In fact, I felt like really elegant when I was playing, like I I'd had my controller out and I was just like leaning back and be like, all right, that's my turn. That's my turn. Like it was like, really smooth and really fast right. in comparison to other point and click things that I've played in my life. Yeah. It can be as fast or as strategic as you want it to be, you know? Yeah. But either way, I was just stressing that it's felt smooth. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. Let's move on to closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um, I don't really, I mean, it was, it was a fast game. I, I will say that this is a fast episode because there's not much storyline. There's not much moving controls. And at the end of the day, it really just embraces the concepts of roguelike and deck builder. So this was a shorter episode, but I feel like this is a game that, um, people should check out and, uh, there is reasons why. So let's talk about them. Uh, where's the replayability factor for you, Tom, on this one? Uh, super high. I mean, like one of the highest for sure like it it's like a solid like nine nine and a half you know like i mean you're never gonna get the same experience even if you're constantly playing the same character you know and we've explained the reasons pretty much why it's completely replayable like every single run no matter what it's going to be different so definitely i completely agree with you it's like nine nine and a half it it may even be a 10 for me honestly like it's such yeah. a good replayable game uh like you said every run is completely different and like not even uh we we didn't even mention two things here there's also a a level up factor like when you play a character a lot you get more cards added to their deck you unlock more characters you unlock more things and also along the same line something we forgot um you can level up your cards as well in the game we totally forgot to mention that in in uh features and content but that's just like you can level up like your, your cards get better. You get better. You get more stuff. Your cards get stronger. And I think that that, that itself makes the game incredibly replayable as well. Yeah. It, it no matter what, like you're just going to be drawn to play this game again and again and again. So where would you put it on a fun factor? Um, I would put it at like a solid like nine, but I am a bit biased because again, I am a card playing fan i think from like i mean i don't think if you're like a card playing fan you'd probably get like enjoyment out of this game anyway as much but i feel like from that perspective like yeah this is one of my more fresh more fun takes i've played in a while you know this scratches the itch that i always have for card building games especially like when it's like hard to get like all your friends together and shit and your card games go to hell anyway because you drink way too much in the first round of magic the gathering so (laughs) um 
He's not pointing fingers. He's just looking right at me. Um, I'm not looking right at you. I'm looking at like the entire friend group we have that is way too lightweight. That like they drink like two beers and they can't fucking remember what they're playing. Like, so. <laughs> but uh, no, I agree with you completely. The fun factor is relatively high for me as well. I'd probably put it at eight point five. Um, it's super enjoyable. It's different every time. Uh, the characters are unique. It keeps you interested. And there's multiple ways to play. Like, what's not to like about it, for sure. Right. Uh, did you have a favorite or a, least, or a favorite and a least favorite part of this game? Um, let's see. My favorite part, definitely the deck building. You know, like, it never gets old. Never, like, it just... It always adds that fun layer of strategy, and it just keeps me wanting to come back. I'd say, like, my least favorite part is probably, like, um, after a while, just enemies feel a bit, like, repetitive once you get to know, like, everybody and whatnot. Like, they just kind of turn into the same type, you know? They're always stacked a little bit differently, you know? But you'll, you'll just get a little bit more used to them, like, after, like, a long while of playing. But they're still fresh enough, you know? I'd say that's about my only gripe, so... Definitely. I think that my favorite part was definitely a specific thing. It was, it was, uh, I really like the silent. I like their play style. I had a really good time with them. Feels like you're playing like a sick ninja rogue thing with poison. Super fun. Um, My least favorite. um, I'm trying to think. Sorry. I would have to, I think I have to agree with you that, that it's probably the, or actually, I, I would like there to be story. I think that's my least favorite. I'd like there to be a story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this game could could benefit incredibly you well this from a fire? story. You know, you just you yeah. want to slay it. But why do you want to slay it? I mean, it doesn't need a story, but I am a sucker for a good story. So, like, throw it on there. Throw it on top. Right. We're asking like, for a story it... in a card building game, but still give us a little bit of something, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't even think it's that far fetched. Like it's got a great setup. Like it looks it looks like it should have story. It's it's really weird to me that it doesn't. That's like my only thing where I'm like, why doesn't this game have story? <laughs> yeah, I dug for it. Like I said, like I, I was like I'm like scrolling through making our general outline. I'm like, where the fuck is the story? I'm like looking at Reddit pages of like just super obscure fucking people, you know, like I always do for these indie games. I'm like, there's literally nothing, you know, like, I mean, you click Hollow Knight and you can't get fucking enough of this. You you click this game. It's like nobody even fucking whispered a story. They're like, you know what? Let's make a whole beautiful, awesome game, but not write a single thing about this world you know yeah like because i feel like the world would be really compelling based on you know your characters and like what the spire is like any of it like just it, it would be compelling i think give me know, a I backstory was... at least on why they came to the spire you know that's yeah all it could be minimal for. could be minimal but that's that's my one my one gripe for sure um is there any games that this reminds you of tom um uh, let me let me think here i know i um Let's see, Griftlands, I know is one I've heard of that's kind of like another roguelike kind of deck builder like this. Otherwise, like online-wise, um, I know I've played a lot of Gwent and we've said Hearthstone, but those don't even scratch the surface on what this kind of game is going for. If you're looking for kind of a deck building game that is different, is going to scratch your itch every time, I definitely suggest this one. For sure. 
I think that the only game that I can even think that it's slightly comparable to is is definitely another deck building. I don't know if it's like a roguelike, but it is a, a, a something, a deck building game that's different, and that's Inscription. And I've seen a lot of yeah. hype about Inscription in the last couple of years. I watched my friends play it, so I can verify that it is, it's it's similar in spirit to this game, but not in play style. Like that's that's the main thing. Um, it's it's a different deck builder as, as far as the de- other games that are like it. I mean, like like Tom said, there's not a lot that adds the roguelike element. But if you're looking for other deck builders online, MTG du- duels, obviously, um, Yu-Gi-Oh dual decks or whatever online, like that kind of stuff. If you're looking for deck builders, those are classics. But other than that, anything that's weird with deck building, Inscription is the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. All right, and then how much would you recommend the game, and who would you recommend it to? Um, I would definitely like. I mean, it takes like you know those specific kind of people to kind of love this game, but I mean, to any deck building or kind of like I guess card fan, I would recommend this like a solid nine to you know. I mean, in general, Oddviance, I feel like this would be a nice eight kind of game just to get you like a nice kind of break, and if you want to learn something different, you know. But, I mean, if card games aren't your thing, you're probably not going to really like this game. But, yeah, I'd say for the right audience, this is a solid 9. I think I have to pretty much agree with you completely. Um, and for the right audience, which, if you're into card builders, you know, or deck builders, you know you're into deck builders. Like, this is definitely a game that I think that most people who enjoy deck builders would enjoy and will enjoy. Um for the average person, I'm going to put it a little lower than you, though. I think that the average person would probably think this is like a six because it doesn't have any of the wow factor that a lot of other games have. It looks That's great. True. It feels great to play. But I think that a lot of people just unfortunately don't like deck builders because it requires them to build a deck. And it does. People want to shoot things. They don't want to build a deck most of the time in my experience. Um, with that being <laughs> little said, little tear runs down my face. Like smallest violin. Dude, I I fucking I loved this game. I really I did know, enjoy I, this game, but yeah, but like I know that most people just don't have it in them to try to build a deck. Unfortunately, it's just not for even though I consider this game dead simple. I know for the average person, it would be something that they they may not love, but for the right person, it's definitely be a nine. And that right, right person is anyone that's played any card game and liked it. I was like, yeah, dead simple, as we grew up playing Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh!, which, like, requires <laughs> so many different strategies and so many ways to prepare for different people's decks. That's, like, unbelievable. Definitely. So, Well, um, with that being said, I think I only have one last thing to say before I do the outro, and um, it's me asking uh, the, the creators of this game to make a mobile port, because I'm going to be honest, if you make a mobile port, I'm going to play this game a lot more like all the time. Like I, I think this would be the perfect game to have as a mobile port. Um, I, yeah. I don't think I'd ever get off my phone. Like yeah. anytime I had a free moment, I'd be playing it. That show would be addictive. Y'all like not even going to lie. Like you would, you would have people just losing their job over playing fucking slave spire at work. <laughs> so for sure. I'd just be like sitting there and be like, okay. All right. Also, it would be kind of cool to have a uh, a multiplayer mode. Those are like my two suggestions for this game. I guess we could add a suggestions category at some point on the on the podcast. That's right. my suggestion: multiplayer and and mobile port. Yeah, I think I would agree for that. And contact us if you want a franchise. I guess. Look at it. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's all we got to say about this game, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice, solid 
awesome experience for what it is, I think. So for sure. It doesn't try too hard to be anything that it's not, and what it tries to be, it excels at, which is roguelike deck builder, which are again two things that I never thought I'd say in the same sentence. Right. All right, guys. Well, uh, with that being said, if you're a developer that wants to talk to us about your indie game, you can send us an email. It's blockbrospodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's blockbrospodcast at gmail.com. So we get to rate us on whatever service you listen to us on. It really helps us get more people listening to us and gets us out to advertisers. Block Bros Podcast is a live podcast. It streams to Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube every Tuesday night around 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you want to see our pretty faces, that's where we'll be. You can also find our replays on YouTube. Uh, the opening music is 8-Bit Fun by the Heatley Bros. And if you want to see us talk about any game in, in particular, drop us a line on any social. It's Black Bros Pod or Black Bros Podcast. Uh, and of course, guys, Black Bros Podcast is and always will be a Lost Cause Media production. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Lost Cause Media. Hey guys, it's Sean. This is our first ever addendum. I just wanted to let you guys know that there actually is a mobile port for Slay the Spire. Just found out today. I was looking it up on Google Play and it showed up. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys were aware and to apologize for the misinformation. Thanks a lot. See you.